Good morning, folks. You're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Scoop. And boy, do we have The Scoop for you today. I hope that you're having a lovely, lovely Thursday morning so far. It's great that we have quite a sunny day ahead of us, um, you know, compared to a little bit of what we had yesterday. We had some flurries last night, and it was quite cold. And I know this week has been quite cold, um, but... Hopefully next week, um, it seems like it is going to be, the weather is going to be picking up a little bit, going back into the positives, which is really great. Hopefully we'll get some weather similar to what we had this past weekend. That was really, really nice. I know I personally enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, I hope they're having a great Thursday so far. It is a little bit of a chilly one. We got a high of negative 3 today and a low of negative 12, so be sure to bundle up. We kind of have the same weather for tomorrow. A little bit cloudier, unfortunately, but... uh, um, you know, just remember to stay warm, bundle up as much as you can, um, but at least the sun is shining today, so at least that kind of makes it feel a little bit warmer than it usually is. Um, in terms of COVID-19 cases for you folks, um, we have 17 active cases in the KFL and day region. Unfortunately, there's been an outbreak at a um, daycare in the Kingston region with eight cases of COVID-19 linked to a West End Kingston Center, as reported in the Kingston Wig Standard, it is at Tiny Hopper's Kingston West Early Learning Center, and this was reported yesterday. If there is anyone who has attended this, um, they will be contacted directly by the KFLN Day Public Health Unit um, to ensure that they um, are aware of the situation as well, um, to make sure that they are isolating, getting tested, and whatever necessary means are needed to be taken to ensure that we keep our community safe and that we kind of um, keep the virus contained from this outbreak. Just remember, folks, to stay safe, do your part by practicing proper hand hygiene, social distancing from those you don't directly live with, um, limiting your travel outside of the KFLA region, um, wearing your mask that's also a big one um and yeah it's kind of crazy that we've coming kind of coming up on the one year mark of COVID-19 um in Canada um in Kingston kind of when everything shut down that was March 13th last year 2020 um so we're coming up on that date shortly enough but um you know it is really great that we uh have made quite some improvements there's obviously a lot that can still be done that will still be done um but right now I think the only thing is for us to hold on to hope um we are doing well here in kfl and day though you know we're in the green zone we have some eased up restrictions which is good but it is important that even though we have these we are still just being safe and being cautious as much as possible on tuesday march 2nd city council met virtually over youtube on the city of kingston council um youtube channel for a live stream for their um regular city council meetings and we have a nice um, update for you folks about that and just kind of um, a whole breakdown about what went down at city council um, meeting that happened Tuesday, March 2nd, 7 p.m. over on the YouTube channel. Um, so the Integrated Care Hub is um, caring and supporting its staff, but most recently their shelter is at capacity. And this is especially due to the fact that it's winter, um, and especially with all the cold weeks that we've been having in Kingston recently, um, even example this one. And The shelter has made um, different additions to compensate for the colder nights, um, which includes giving warm clothes and blankets, um, but also creating fires outside so that people can stay warm when the shelter is at capacity. However, we obviously don't want that to be the only way that people can feel warmth, especially during such cold months. Um, So Care Hub has been able to refer people to another shelter in the area when at capacity, and they also want to be able to 
provide free transportation in order to do that. In addition, the Integrated Care Hub has also been able to implement substance testing to make sure that um, substances that are brought into the shelter are not laced, which is really great and a very safe means of going by it, um, which provides benefit to the people living at the shelter because it helps patrons to know what's in the substance they are using and then allows them to make a judgment if they still want to continue using the said substance. Then city council went into partitions and there was only one partition that was signed by 76 people who are struggling with homelessness right now. And they are requesting the opening of an overnight warming center to prevent deaths and injuries to the homeless population of Kingston and also to provide safe and clean housing in the region. To follow the council meeting, report 28 was introduced according to the agenda as the renewal of the service level agreement between the City of Kingston and Sustainable Kingston Corporation. It asks the question of, is the City of Kingston going to have an Earth Day pitch in the event this year since last year was cancelled due to COVID-19? This event is to help the city keep on top of litter in the city. Julie Slater responded, yes, Sustainable Kingston is working with Public Health to have a pitching event, however, the nationwide pitch in is cancelled. And then the vote was carried. Then looking at report 29 from CAO Lainey Hurdle, the taxi and commission and ride share regulations throughout the meeting um, discuss various opinions about the regulation between ride share and taxis. Some of the council members for City of Kingston believe that there are, and I quote, occasions where Uber drivers are trying to overrule the tax commit on cer- certain issues. Having a bylaw with taxi commission and Uber drivers Like, taxis have to check out by police and have the appropriate insurance, and others believe that it is not our job to make things far. If we were supposed to make things far, we wouldn't have homeless people. We should be the ones to make sure it's safe for the city of Kingston, but this is a provincial matter. All in all, the council meeting came to a unanimous vote because of wanting a fair and safe system for the community in Kingston, and the vote carried. Clause 3 was that the Integrated Care Hub Extension and Social Services Relief Fund Phase 2 was to be hold back. There have been some tools implemented to protect everyone in the city of Kingston, such as temporary fencing day and night, seven days a week for the care hub. There has also been a need to have a minimum of four patrol officers, which um, take eight-hour shifts along Montreal Street and Rideau Street. And they are keeping a log, starting the patrol and ending patrol times in this log. And any incidents that happen on patrol will be logged. Going back to the issue on taxi and commission and rideshare regulations, James Allen from the Kingston Taxi Commission addressed the issue of these programs in Kingston, and it was, um, like I said, addressed due to the unfairness of taxi services requiring to pay fees and repairs while rideshares like Uber and Lyft are not regulated whatsoever. And James Allen brought up the safety and financial aspect of regulating rideshare programs, implementing not only fairness, but as well as a safe environment for consumers. Councillor Neal asked about how taxi legislation is under provincial jurisdiction, into which Allen responded that rideshares were not invented back in the 80s when the legislation was invented. Furthermore, Councillor Chappelle asked how other regions are dealing with rideshare programs. To summarize, Allen's response is that without regulation, nobody can tell these programs what to do. Councillor Stroud asked what leverage does council have to bring them into this deal. 
Allen then responded that council needs to come to a consensus because without the jurisdiction of council, rideshare programs won't do anything. Once council agrees to regulations, that they will comply afterwards. Moreover, Allen pointed out that rideshares are operating rogue at the moment and that we need bylaws in order to throw the first punch to bring equality to the table when the question was asked about alternatives to the use of bylaws. We're going to take a little bit of a quick break here and then we're going to move on to more updates in regards to the integrated care hub as that was a very hot topic at city council meeting. But before we do that, we are just going to take a little bit of a break and listen to a little bit of music. So I hope you folks enjoy this song. This is an absolute classic, one of my favorites, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac on CFRC 101.9 FM. You're listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM. That was Fleetwood Max, The Chain. We just had a little bit of a musical break. And we're going to jump right back into what we were talking about before, folks. We are doing a lovely recap of the City of Kingston Council meeting that took place Tuesday, March 2nd, virtually, on the Council's YouTube page as a live stream. And a very hot topic that was discussed is the extension of the integrated care hub which is located at 661 montreal street it was previously located at artillery park for the summer and then it moved to 661 montreal street and opened up in november of 2020 and it's been an essential service to so many people um, in the kingston area and they're looking for an extension to extend the lease until december 31st of this year 2021 The Integrated Care Hub made an appearance at City Council meeting mentioning the success of their project. The Integrated Care Hub now has between 100 to 250 visits a day, reaching capacity most days. And this is a space that is a secure place for people um, that takes many who have nowhere else to go. And it provides basic needs for people um, who are overlooked in homeless statistics. And they provide needs such as counseling, um, beds, meals, um, which is really, really great. Um, Their main focus at the moment is stabilization. However, they would like to move beyond that and move more into um and get more into standardized living hutchinson started off the questioning um counselor hutchinson by asking that opioid overdoses are more apparent during the pandemic and why is it more obvious and the team of the ich responded by inquiring that the lack of services being accessed and people being taken out of their communities being away from their supports and substantial use of opioids with the lack of crystal meth is coming from over the border um Mayor Pattinson said that there are discussions with the provincial government to make funding for the integrated care hub permanent as it continues to be a high priority for the Kingston region. The integrated care hub follows Health Canada guidelines. Consumption treatment services are funded separately directly to the Kingston community health centers, even if the ICH integrated care hub were to close. The current location was reviewed by Health Canada and approved with criteria such as residential areas and schools also taken into account. If the service were to continue long term, funding is to be discussed as the city alone will not be able to sustain the initiative alone. It is not realistic for the municipality. The integrated care hub embodies a significant health care aspect and it is important and critical that it is supported. 
Councillor Chappelle inquired about other priorities alongside the Integrated Care Hub funding, to which Mayor Brian Patterson said and responded that they are requesting continued emergency funding where needed to get to the other side of the pandemic, as well as liaising with the Chamber of Commerce to provide appropriate aid for businesses during these times. Continuing the discussion surrounding the Integrated Care Hub, Councillor Hutchinson said that Kingston is still experiencing disturbance difficulties on the security front as residents in the neighborhoods are taking a hit compared to the rest of the city because of where this is located. He brought forward a motion to amend, seconded by Councillor Osanik. The motion states that staff be directed to report back in May 2021, so in about two months, on details of measures taken to assist in the safety and security of the surrounding neighborhood of the Integrated Care Hub, including a summary of the patrols undertaken of the neighborhood. Councillor Holland had a question about the frequency of patrols regarding the motion, asking whether the patrols would be for observation and note-taking or if there would be constant engagement between the bylaw and the ICH. Brad Joyce, who is the Commissioner of Corporate Services of Kingston, stated that patrols are intended to mitigate bad behavior in the neighborhood, intervening in situations wherever necessary. The people who are patrolling are a third-party security service. Following up, Councillor Holland raised another question about the extent of oversight in the city and if that would have on the training of the third-party services. Joyce replied that, with respect to specific clientele, training is not as specific as it would be for employees hired by the Integrated Care Hub Management. He concluded by stating that there is an intention to supplement this caveat with staff that are more robustly trained, and this motion was approved by all members of council. Ruth Nordegraff, who is the Director of Housing and Social Services, then joined the meeting, and Councillor Mary Rita Holland posed another question regarding the Homelessness System Review. She wanted an overview of the review from um, Ruth Nordegraff um, and wanted to know how it is mandated, what the timeline is, and what the engagement process like is. Nordegraff said that um, the city has gathered information through various engagements. Some of that includes um, engagement from visiting Bell Park last year. As you folks may know, Bell Park was a homeless encampment essentially last year for quite a few summer months and the city was working with different services to kind of transition people out of the homeless encampment um, as it did contradict the bylaws of the city of Kingston um, and moving them into places like the integrated care hub, into shelters, into different resources and finding people adequate housing, affordable housing to ensure that they are getting the resources they need um, and still able to essentially survive. Um, she also said, Nordograph said that um, they will be looking at various shelter beds in the Kingston area, but also looking at street outreach engagement, um, prevention diversion programs, discretionary residential benefits, and sort of how all these pieces fit in the puzzle together. Councillor Holland asked a follow-up question that if people would like to feed into the shelter review, how can they do that? And Nordograph said that they would like to hear from anyone and everyone, and they don't want any set rules about if and how people can engage with this project. They do. They mentioned that there's a special advisory committee made up of members with various um, from various community agencies, and that it would be great from as many voices as possible to see what works and what actually does not work when it comes to this whole project. Moving on to one of the last topics discussed of interest, key, um, 
in regards to the Quiet Streets initiative that took place last summer. Councillor Peter Stroud posed a question in regards to Clause 1 that was to be discussed at the meeting according to the agenda, posing the question, what form might the Quiet Streets initiative take in the future? And Ian Semple, who is the manager with the City of Kingston's Transportation Services Department, um, was present and said that, as the traffic calming policy that's upcoming right now, community-based initiatives and ways that the community can be involved with roads and traffic um, is where this project wants to go. For folks who may not be aware, the Quiet Street Initiative um, is one that we saw this past summer in which a couple blocks um, in the Kingston area are coupled together um, with some road divergences and just to expand sidewalks um, because of the pandemic and whatnot. And a similar program would be available to community members this summer again, hopefully in which they could change the way that traffic is running on their block. And this clause was approved by city council. Um, but that's pretty much your scoop on the city council meeting that took place um, this past Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021 on the city of Kingston city council YouTube live stream at 7 p.m. Um, we hope that you folks really um, found this information knowledgeable and very good. Um, and then you can also find all the recordings of city council meetings on their YouTube channel. You can find the agendas for future meetings as well on the City of Kingston website, which is really, really great. Moving on to a couple of news updates, folks, um, before you um, <laughs> sign off, before we sign off um, from the scoop. As KFL and Day Public Health continues efforts to make the COVID-19 vaccine available to people who the province has identified as our first priority groups for vaccinations, the City of Kingston and the Kingston Front and Lennox and Addington Public Health Unit are asking that everyone in our community just continues to be patient to help ensure that local COVID-19 vaccine clinics operate as efficiently and as effectively as possible. The city and KFL and Day Public Health stated in a media release that they understand that residents of KFL and Day are ready and eager to receive their COVID-19 vaccine, and phone lines at public health and at local vaccine clinics are experiencing a really extremely high volume of calls right now, but they're asking that you do not call KFL and Day Public Health or any of our area COVID-19 vaccine clinics for appointment or eligibility information, and please do not go to the vaccine clinics without an appointment either. The groups that are currently eligible are listed on the KFLNA public health website and they are being contacted directly by the public health unit to arrange appointments. And this group includes people um, which are second dose long-term care home and high risk retirement home residents, staff and essential caregivers in long-term care homes and high risk retirement homes, highest and very high priority health care workers, indigenous adults from northern remote and higher risk communities, and a small group of individuals 80 years of age and older to pilot test registration this week. And with that a little asterisk, just please note that due to capacity limitations, it is not possible for individuals to self-refer or to register to participate in this pilot project. If you have not been contacted by KFLNA Public Health to, to participate in the pilot, please remain patient and wait for announcements in which they will then let you know when you are eligible to book an appointment for the COVID-19 vaccine. On March 15th, 2021, we anticipate that the provincial online booking system will open to members of the public 80 years of age and older, as well as Indigenous adults 55 years of age and older. There will be a limited number of bookings available as appointments are based on the supply of the vaccine that we receive from the province of Ontario. And over time, vaccine supply will increase so that all of KFL and day residents 
who wish to be vaccinated will have access to a vaccine. You can go to the Government of Ontario's website for up-to-date information on the vaccine and implementation phases. And you can also go to the KFLNA website, which is kflaph.ca. And the COVID-19 dashboard now includes um, vaccinations, which is really cool. So you can actually check the um, amount of first doses administered, the amount of second doses administered, and also what phase of the vaccination um, process we are in. We are currently in phase one, um, of course, and hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later, we will be in phase three. The Rotary Clubs of Kingston and the area are providing a volunteer schedule for the local COVID-19 immunization clinic at the Invista Centre. There are four Rotary Clubs and two Rotaract Clubs in Kingston and members from all six clubs are assisting this effort. Mike Moore, who is a local Rotarian, said that Rotarians have been assisting Kingstonians for 100 years in many areas, particularly support to youth, seniors and the underprivileged. COVID-19 has presented an entirely new challenge for Kingston, so Rotarians are road and Rotaractors have responded by donating significant sums of money to the food bank, have helped deliver food to needy families, produced and distributed masks to disadvantaged families, and will be helping KFL and a public health in perhaps the most positive, impactful event of our lifetime, vaccinating our residents. As I just said, the mass vaccination clinic at the Invista Center is operational, currently serving those who are serving those who are healthcare workers in the highest or high priority categories, and will stay in line with provincial directive for immunization priority. It is expected that this location will immunize up to 3,000 people per day when the vaccine supply is stable. Moore said that deciding to provide the service came naturally for Rotarians. It was an easy decision, he shared. The number of Rotarians and Rotaractors who expressed a desire to help out was impressive and heartwarming. I initially advised KFL and A Public Health that we could cover one of the volunteer positions, but after checking the pulse of Rotarians, I realized that we could cover two, which takes 42 volunteers committing to a three-hour shift every week. And even with that level of commitment, I still have a long list of spares. The Rotary Club volunteers will work as screeners and ushers to keep the clinic running smoothly. So it's really great to see local Kingston folks just donate their time, donate their efforts to just ensure that we have a smooth, efficient system for providing the COVID-19 vaccine to folks who are able to get it right now. That's all I have for you folks. Thanks so much for tuning into The Scoop. We got our weekly traffic report coming up and then we got some more awesome programming on CFRC 101.9 FM. Here is your weekly traffic report for the week of March 1st to March 8th, brought to you by CFRC and the City of Kingston. Road closures are in place this week on Garrett Street, near Division, closed until June 30th for construction staging. Local traffic may access Garrett Street from University Avenue. Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent. Expect delays while construction takes place around the Kingston East Community Center site. Flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Highway 15, southbound paved shoulder south of Craftsman. Expect crews to be working at the site until 5 p.m. March 19th to construct a storm sewer outfall. Highway 33, east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard. Expect delays to, to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone.
Jackson Mills Road near the KMP Trail, reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. John Counter Boulevard, Princess to Indian, expect delays until the summer of 2021 while crews construct a new four-lane road and rail overpass. King Street Collingwood to Lower University, expect delays over the next few weeks as utilities Kingston crews replace hydro poles in the area. LaSalle Causeway, expect delays due to alternating lane closures from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. on March 3rd and 4th as Public Services and Procurement Canada conduct emergency repairs. Alternating traffic will be directed by flag personnel. Highway 15 at Gore, expect short delays as pieces of the main span of the bridge arrive over the next few months. The trucks expected to arrive after morning rush hour will turn off Highway 401 onto Highway 15 and then onto Gore to reach the bridge's job site at the Cataraki River. Along John Counter and Sir John A. McDonald Boulevards, expect short delays as large trucks carrying bridge girders up to 150 feet long arrive over the next few months. Trucks are expected in the early afternoon and will turn onto Sir John A. McDonald from Highway 401 and then turn east onto John Counter to get to the bridge site at the Cataraki River. Each truck will have car escorts to guide it. And that's it for your weekly traffic report. For traffic and other news updates, visit www.cfrc.ca slash news. Have a great rest of your week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.